Welcome back to Out of the Bubble. My name is Rachel Peru. I can't believe in the last two years I've interviewed over 40 women and I now have another jam-packed lineup full of inspiring women, all with a story to tell. So sit back, grab a coffee and enjoy. So welcome back to another episode of Out of the Bubble. It's a slightly di- different episode this week. So the season has just finished and I've had an amazing year and interviewed so many inspiring women and I hope you've enjoyed listening to their stories. I will be back again with the new um, season in February 2021 and I've already got a fantastic lineup and a real diverse cross-section of women to share with you. But I thought it would be a great opportunity to reflect on some of the stories that we've already heard in the past and to do some review episodes. So today, I am joined by Michelle Cowan, who is actually a podcaster herself. Um, she is a, a, the co-host of Two Northern Lasses, which is um, a very down-to-earth podcast for business owners and wannabe owners on how to um, level up and how to, uh, to blend business and pleasure. So she already knows about the world of podcasting and Michelle's going to be joining me to have a look back at four of the episodes that I've already put out and to see what resonated with her, how she can maybe implement some of the things that she's learned and listened to along the way and what she's got out of listening to the podcast. So I hope you enjoy this episode. It's a slightly different journey. I'm looking forward to doing something a bit different. So today we're going to be looking at Marina Gask, who is a um, journalist and the founder of Audrey Online. Um, We're going to be talking about Kaiser Henrika, the plus size models episode. Um, We're going to be talking about Charlotte Griffith, who is the um, owner and founder of Bridge Models which is a curve agency and Danny Wallace who is the queen bee and she's a motivational speaker and have turned some really um, difficult life experiences into positive so and now helps other women so we've got lots to talk about and I'm looking forward to talking with Michelle this morning so good morning Michelle thank you very much for joining me this morning hello thank you Rachel for asking me how how are you um how are you kind of cope through this this year? Because obviously it's been twenty twenty has been quite a difficult one. How have you? Uh, how do you feel like you're surviving it as we draw to an end of the year? Yeah, surviving it's probably um, a word that we're all using at the moment, and and I probably feel like I am surviving. I'm taking some kind of wins. I, I relaunched my business um, towards the end of the first lockdown. We took the opportunity to rebrand and relaunch, which we did. And that's going as as well as I want it to go. I co-host my own podcast, um, Two Northern Lasses, and and our listeners are going up. So that's all great. And that as a hobby throughout the lockdown has been a real lifesaver. Yeah, I think for me, podcasts has. I've listened to so many more podcasts during lockdown. Yeah, and just having something else to focus on and talking about somebody else's good news story has been really good. And yeah, I'm just glad that we're sort of nearing Christmas and the talk about the vaccine is is increasing and hopefully we can have some kind of Christmas and start the new year with a different kind of mindset, really. So yeah, it's been a tough year for a lot of people. I think I've probably fared better than most and I, I myself have had COVID and oh, had okay. two weeks of illness, but I'm over it now and I don't think I've got any signs of long COVID. So fingers crossed 2021 is a better year for everybody. Definitely, yes, I'm with you there. So for people that don't know anything about you, how do you describe and introduce yourself? Well, it's a word that a lot of people don't like, but I am an entrepreneur. I spent most of my working career in 
American corporates. I quit my career three years ago and started up my own business, which is a software business. We have a software product called Social Sender, which is the first product that we brought to market. I also do a non-exec director role for another software company called Torchbearer and help, it's a young startup, help them, guide them and do a couple of days a month for them. And I co-host my own podcast. I do the odd bit of consultancy, which is a bit of a hangover from my corporate career at Cisco. And yeah, that, that's me really. I'm a mum. I've got two, two teenage boys and I'm married and I've got a dog who is my world. <laughs> oh yes, I can relate to that. I've got one too. And I, and I think, you know, your story and your journey really kind of epitomizes exactly what House of the Bulb is about. It's about that reinvention later in life. And you have, like you say, you've, you've walked away from the corporate world and then gone out and, and gone solo. So to me, the idea of that the, this episode is to review some of the podcasts that we've listened to and to see what, how, you can, how other people can relate to these women's stories. So let's start with one that I, I, I think really will resonate with you the most is Marina Gask, the, the journalist's episode. But I think one of the reasons I wanted to create Audrey specifically was I, I kind of see midlife a bit like adolescence yes i completely agree i was thinking the same yeah because you go through not everybody does but a lot of women i think go through a, a phase where the wheels come off a bit and you just feel a bit lost yeah um you're not quite sure what happens next and unlike adolescence where there is a lot of support and help and there's parents obviously and there's maybe i don't know aunties or, or siblings who can help you through and magazines like sugar which sadly no longer exist um and in, in in our age, you know, our our stage, you know, I'm in my fifties. Mm. Um, you can feel a little bit like you're not too sure where where to go next, and what, yeah. what, what's next for me. And if you go through something difficult that sort of shakes your world, like bereavement or redundancy or divorce, and you just, you know, you, you the foundations of your life get shaken. Yeah, it can be quite hard to find your way again. And and I wanted Audrey to have that same feel of a little bit like the arm around the shoulder that sugar was you know yeah i absolutely love that podcast um it totally resonated with me the whole time i was listening to it i was i was sort of making notes and i was thinking to myself that's me that's me that's me and she, the way she talks about um the generation restart you know i was 48 when i walked away from my corporate career lots of people are thinking that they're going into the 50s starting to do that kind of wind down into retirement. And to be perfectly honest with you, that's what I thought I was going to be doing. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, just pick up a few bits of work for a couple of years and, th and then retire. What actually happened was something completely different. I took some time out, got a dog, ended up doing a lot of walking and a lot of thinking, which sort of gave me the space to really think about what I wanted to do and and Marina also talks about you know when you you start doing different things other doors open and that's exactly what happened to me so yeah I, I really really enjoyed that episode I love that you know she's she's inspired by looking at women that are over 50 what these adventurous women are doing and and that's kind of what I'm doing I you know I stalk a lot of people on social media um, that that are kind of these aspirational people to me that I'm looking 
for ideas and a kind of validation that actually what I'm doing is the right thing. You know, yeah. have I made the right decision? I mean, I've got way less money. Um, I don't have the lifestyle that I used to have. I am very happy. And I've said this to a lot of people. I feel healthier now at 51 than I ever have done in the whole of my adult life. Yeah, so many people will be able to relate to that. It's about finding that happiness, isn't it? But, but also, I think fear really does hold a lot of people back that would really love to do something different, but are just too scared to because they think they're too old. So how did you get past those fears? Yeah, I, a number of things happened to me in the run-up to me leaving my corporate career. I'd been on holiday with my husband and, and two boys, and at the time, the boys were 14 and 12. We went to New Zealand for a trip of a lifetime for a month. And actually it was on the plane home that I kind of started thinking that I didn't have the relationship with my children that I wanted to have. And that was largely down to the work that I was doing. Actually, I was at home a lot because I had a global role. When I was traveling, I was traveling. But when I was at home, I was at home, but I wasn't present. So I started realizing that and thinking, okay, they're going to be off in a few years, they'll be at university or whatever, you know, time's running out kind of thing. And then sadly, when I got home, I started to think about doing something else. And then I lost a childhood friend of mine died and he was a couple of years younger than me, but it really kind of hit home that actually, you know, I only have got one life. The day after that happened, a friend of mine's son died tragically in a barn fire. And he was the same age as my son. So I was just like, oh gosh, you know, I, I've got to do something here. And through that and thinking and talking to my husband and understanding how I could get out, I actually made the decision to leave. It was actually a friend of mine said to me, while I was sort of going through the decision-making process, she said, once you've got over, walking away from the salary, you'll be able to make the decision quickly. And, you know, it's quite sad looking back now that all my decisions at that point were around, can I walk away from the money? What, you know, what's the impact of not having all this money? Um, and she was right. Once I'd sort of said, I can actually live a different life, <laughs> a cheaper life, if you like, that decision was really easy for me to make and I made it and, and I walked away. Yeah, and I think it's really, I think it shows the, the courage that you've got, but also I think it's about having that passion and purpose, isn't it? It's about having that purpose that fulfills you and that makes you happy. And I think, you know, so many women over 40, 45 are, are, are re-evaluated, I suppose. Yeah. Their lifestyle and what they want. Yeah, I mean, the whole kind of, I've, I've got a lot of designer clothes and handbags and things like that that actually mean very little to me right now because my health and my happiness is more important to me yeah and you know you wish really that you could understand that at a younger age but somehow you just can't yeah yeah and it's interesting isn't it I mean Maria talks about it because obviously from a journalist point of view she talks about the, the magazines and diversity in magazines and you know do you feel represented at your age now in the magazines that you see and um, do you think the society is shifting to sit to celebrate all these fantastic women that are getting on with life and doing amazing things in the 40s 50s 60s 
I do think it's getting better. I'm not a consumer of magazines myself. Mm. I kind of take my news from uh, online. Yeah. So I suppose online magazines definitely feel more represented. Maybe it's because I'm looking more for that kind of content. Mm. But also I think, you know, you, you only have to look on Instagram to see that there is a lot of people putting content out there that are in our age demographic. Yeah. And, you know, because you can curate your own feed, mm. you know, you can create your own kind of magazine. And, and talking to somebody about this last week, interestingly enough, that sitting on your phone on an evening scrolling through Facebook can be absolutely soul-destroying because mm. it's just like scrolling through bad news after bad news in a lot of cases. But scrolling through in Instagram is completely different. It's just like sitting down with a glossy magazine and... Yeah you know, picking up different articles, especially now people are writing in a bit more of a long form manner or with links to blogs and things like that. It's just, it, it's a more kind of pleasant experience, but I definitely feel like I'm more represented now. And actually when I do go shopping and I see the magazines on the shelves, you do see the likes of <laughs> Helen Mirren on the front cover and yeah. there's more of that now. Yeah, definitely. The conversation is definitely out there and I think magazines and advertisers have got to take that on board. I think we are seeing changes. And it's interesting, and I think you're so right about particularly Instagram, it's about creating your own feed. And it's almost like creating your own tribe around you, isn't it? And finding the right people that, that you get inspiration from. And it's, it's a, I think it's a great tool for connecting with like-minded people. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with you. And talking of confidence, um, how, how much confidence have you gained from this journey of reinventing yourself and going a different path career-wise? Did it knock your confidence at first or did you just have this inner sense that you knew it was going to be all right? I've always been a kind of confident person. <clears throat> I mean, probably if you asked anybody that knows me, they would, say, they would describe me as confident. Inside, it's not always, it doesn't always feel like that. And I think when I initially left my corporate career I wasn't really thinking about what was coming I always had in the back of my mind if, if everything goes wrong I know that I can go back and get a similar job in the yeah. field that I was in so I wasn't really worried about that what I really suffered from was kind of imposter syndrome so you know writing managing director on a form for something for the first time or co-founder and just describing myself in a manner that was sort of like really is that me have I really got my own business and I still get a little bit of that now but I do believe that I've got a right to be at the table mm. and I believe that I can do it and I'm old enough to understand that the bits that I can't do I can ask somebody. Yeah. So, and I think that is an age thing. Yeah. That I've I've learned that if I don't know the answer to something, I I will know somebody that can help me. Yeah. And I am a great believer in paying it forward, helping other people. I do a lot of earlier in career mentoring, and you know it it pays back in spades because. Mm -hmm. You help people and you always get back more than you give. Yeah, 
So, so that leads me nicely into to the next um, episode with Danny Wallace. Um, yeah. So for those that don't know Danny, she's called the Queen Bee. I am the Queen Bee um, on all the social media and she's a motivational speaker and she, she's very much about supporting and helping and mentoring other women. Being uncomfortable, like in order to do anything, you've got to do anything to achieve anything you've got to get yourself re really comfortable with being uncomfortable it's like you, if you are growing out of your shoes or you know you've got to feel the pinch in order for you to go out and get yourself a new pair of shoes you know and it's that it's if you're in a state of growth and growing is what you want to do then you've got to feel that pinch when you feel that pinch you know you're heading in the right direction you've got to lean into it a little bit and go get yourself a new pair of shoes i actually really really loved it um, she reminds me of kind of quite a few people that I know. She's got a lot about her. What I really liked about Danny is her honesty and the way she talked through her own story and her vulnerabilities, um, the difficulties that she faced and where she is now. Now, I will put my hand up and say that it wasn't until I got to the bit in the podcast where she's talking about some, uh, uh, one of her um, mentors that said that she couldn't be fat and be a motivational speaker. Yeah. And I was like horrified that somebody would say that. And I thought, right, okay, I'm gonna Google her to see what she looks like. And you know, that's kind of a bad thing for me because I was thinking, I hope I'm not gonna look at the picture and judge her. When I looked at the picture, I was like, I need to be her friend. Mm -hmm. I've just listened to her story. Yeah. She just got so much and she really made me think about my fear around public speaking and I've been asked to go and speak at various events and made kind of excuses up and and she talks about you know it's it's wrong to not share your gift and I really really like that and it definitely gave, gave me a kick up my ass yeah. and to sort of think you know get over yourself but I, I loved what she had to say and I loved that she sees her body as a vessel and that the voice comes from the mouth. Yeah, I mean, she really is somebody that's that's an absolute joy to be around and, and she's, her positive energy just kind of oozes out of her. But you're so right, it's that fear of visibility, isn't it? And women are notoriously bad at almost self-promoting themselves because we feel really uncomfortable about it. But, you know, I think you're so right that the fact that she turns it around almost and says, yes, but you've got a gift, you need to share it with, with other people because then you can help other people. And I think that's a much easier way of getting your head around this whole visibility and self-promotion, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I love that episode so much that I literally got to the end of it and text a friend of mine who has a branding business and she also does a lot of public speaking. I said, you've probably already heard of this woman and listened to this episode, but if not, please have a listen. And, and she came back to me and said, oh gosh, no, I've not heard of it, but that looks like a brilliant podcast and I'm, I'm all over it. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, she is really, really just one of those women that, that I definitely have been drawn to and has been a huge help to me this year. And I'm so glad that we've connected. So how, how will you get past this fear of public speaking? Next time somebody asks you, will you say yes? Yeah, I think I will. I, I, I actually think maybe some coaching would help me mm. because I don't think that many people go into public speaking right now anyway without some kind of guidance yeah. 
I have spoken to a coach about this in the past and, and still decided not to go and do it. But I do think it's, you know, we're living in a different world now, aren't we? And, and actually, because of COVID, I personally believe that the world is less polished and it's, it's imperfect and people are more understanding about imperfection. And, and actually, I've, you know, I've seen people speak now and make complete, you know, they've made a blunder, but they can recover from it because actually what people now see is they've made a mistake. They're just normal. It's just who they are. And I think I can probably forgive myself a bit easier now. You know, I don't need to be going onto a conference call with a full face of makeup and my hair doing, and I can, I can go ahead and just do it and be myself. And I think that's the kind, what I'm kind of thinking around the speaking that, you know what, I've got my story. I can talk to my story. I know it better than anybody else. And if it goes wrong, what's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah, absolutely. It's about owning it, isn't it? And, and also not getting into that comparison because your story is very different to somebody else that might have had a similar journey, but it's not your story. You're unique. And I think it's about remembering that. And I also think it's about not having to have everything perfect before we go into starting new things. And Tara Moore's playing big books being fantastic for me for that because she talks about just taking those steps and starting something without having to have all the, the you know everything in a row and all perfect because it's never going to be perfect every time you do something you're going to be learning and it's okay to, to show your vulnerability I suppose and make mistakes yeah and I think Danny talks about that in the episode she talks about taking small steps just do one thing differently and see what opens up and where it leads to and yeah yeah no she definitely, definitely motivates me. And, and another um, really confident um, young lady, Kaiser Enrica, how did you find that podcast? Because obviously it's very different because she is younger. And the reason why I'm trying to include some younger women is because I do think older women still have a lot to learn from the generation below us um, because they have had different journeys and they've grown up at a different time. So I want to try and mix it up so that it's not all just women over 40 because I think it should be intergenerational. First, you have to kind of learn to accept yourself and uh, try to focus on the positive or neutral things about, about you instead of the negative. So uh, what I always tell people that don't have the confidence, I tell them to go in front of the mirror and try to find three things that they do not hate about themselves. Mm. And repeat that every single day try to come up with three new things that they do not hate about themselves and there you go after one week you have a, a big list of qualities that that you kind of feel comfortable with yeah and then you can start um accentuating those qualities in you when you go out and and face the real world so i think yeah and and i really enjoyed that episode as well which is a kind of a, <laughs> a theme um, I, I also googled Kaiser and m my initial reaction was she's absolutely stunning mm -hmm. she has clearly got no body hang-ups around the size she is and she's got a plan and she's following it and she's she knows where she's going yeah. I do believe 
that that Kaiser's generation and below have less body confidence issues to the generation that we're from. Mm-hmm. You know, we grew up with Kate Moss saying eating was cheating and, you know, we had yeah. supermodels on the front of every single magazine. You know, everything was airbrushed. You know, if you weren't a size six, eight, ten, then you were overweight. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think that that is still with our generation. Yeah. I I go to a, a slimming club, if you like. It's I go to keep a lid on it, on, on my weight. I don't go because... I don't think I'm massively overweight, but I go because I know where I'm comfortable in my weight and it keeps me within some boundaries. But I do think certainly a lot of the young people I know just are extremely body confident and she clearly is. Mm. I mean, I love some of the pictures that she's had taken, Yeah, you know, and I, I don't think that I could actually do that. Have you got more confident around your body, though, as you've, as you've aged, or have you struggled with it in midlife? Because I think it can go either way. I think some women in their 40s really find their, their body confidence think, stuff it, I'm not bothered what anybody thinks about me, I'm happy. Or it can send you the other way and you almost revert into a bit of a shell and feel really self-conscious. I actually think I'm kind of okay. Um, you know, I... I think, you know, back to my 20s, I was at university, I must have been a size zero. Mm. You know, when I got to 30, I, I w- that was at the time I was getting married, it was before I had children, I was a size eight stroke 10. I then had my children in my 30s, I got to 40s, I was probably half a stone, a stone heavier, and I was okay with that. And then I guess running up to my 50s, I've definitely become more health conscious, um, eating better, exercising more, being kinder to myself. Mm. I, you know, I'm definitely okay with where I'm at. I don't want to go too much over. And I know that if I go too much under, it shows in my face and it's a trade-off. Yeah, yeah. And it's that, you've said it a few times, but it's so true, it's about being kinder to yourself, isn't it? I think it's that's that's the crux to everything is just about not being so hard on ourselves and just giving ourselves space to just breathe and be kinder. Yeah, and there's a balance around, you know, having a nice life and being miserable. Well, food's a big part of my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's where I do a lot of socializing. Yeah. So, you know, to be really kind of strict around that area would probably make me unhappy. Yeah. So going on to the last episode then, Charlotte Griffiths, who is the um, founder of Bridge Models, and that's um, a specific curve agency. I think across the world, you know, you've seen a huge range of, of diversity. So beforehand, you'd probably see Germany, maybe, you know, 10 years ago, Germany was really sort of leading the forefront in the, in the curve market for women, and they were really sort of ahead of the game. Um, but now you just see so much more production and investment in the US, um, you know, same back in Australia, um, you know, and a lot more in the UK. So just within five years, I think a value has definitely been, um, definitely been placed on the market. And, um, and we are starting to see, you know, a lot more models in editorials. Um, I still, I mean, there's always, there's always ways to go. I'm, I'm trying to be sort of you know, positive about it. 
but I still think, um, you know, ageism for women is still such a huge, mm. huge area that's still, in my mind, so far behind. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so you'll see some areas get elevated, um, you know, and, and you'll see, uh, you'll see that happen and, and you'll think, great, fantastic. And then you'll, you'll look in another market and you'll go, well, hang on, wonderful that, you know, there's a curve model in, in Harper's Bazaar, you know, um, this month she looks fantastic, um, but she's about 22, yeah. you know, so you can't yeah. have everything. I, I do appreciate that. But, um, but those, those milestones that we're seeing sort of happen, um, I feel, you know, uh, there's other ways to um, so I'm it's an agency that I'm with and I'm a size 14 16 so I'm classed as a plus size model which when you think the average UK woman is a size 16 that that term in itself just seems completely wrong but how did you how did that episode leave you feeling I was really I learned a lot I mean the stuff that she talked about around how the modeling industry is you know you sort of hear rumors over the years um, stories about catwalk models and and how models stay thin i mean she she recounts a story about models eating toilet paper because mm. it makes them feel full which yeah. shocking isn't it that really made me feel kind of physically sick that mm. somebody would do that to themselves but i i understand that that's the pressure that these models are put under and the pressure to stay relevant in their field means that they have to stay a certain size but i really liked how she'd sort of kind of fallen upon an internship where she ended up working with glamour models, which gave her a different perspective, even though it wasn't what she was expecting. And then she's kind of taken all her learnings of what she doesn't want to see in the kind of modeling industry and built their agency on principle and good things and this I really like the way that they give this kind of one-to-one -one treatment to the model. So they're not just treated as a face in the catalogue yeah. that you can pick from. It's more about the relationship. I really was interested in the kind of shift that they've made as a business into being kind of social media experts, which they've had to be because with the onset of influence, influencer marketing, which you know all about that, yeah you are an influencer you know the the agencies have got to be behind that and they've got to be really savvy and and understand that the quality of the stuff that's being put out on social media by what are deemed amateurs is actually weaving its way into their industry yeah it really is i mean it's it's a huge i think it's just going to grow even even bigger to be honest i think it's a it's a great marketing tool for brands to be able to you know employ these the influencers because you know i know some of them that really work really hard at creating fantastic content that's probably just as good as as big campaign social media yeah. so they've got to take note of them i think it's a different way of branding isn't it it is and i you know, if you look at some of the brands now, some of the more ethical brands, they're really starting to look at real people as opposed to non-real people. Mm. Yeah. And I think more and more brands are going to get behind that because you've got to be able to find somebody that you can relate to, that you can find a connection with and say, actually, that's me. Mm. Or that's who I'd like to be. You know, I follow loads of over 50s fashion bloggers on Instagram. And um, 
they just put pictures of themselves in clothes and stuff and you think actually I really like that skirt because I can see myself in it because she's not a size zero yeah exactly and that's my big book brand that's something I'm really passionate about you know I want all women over 40 50 to go into lingerie shops and see a woman in a bra that's 50 years old that just looks normal and you know not to be bombarded with a 20 year old or a 30 year old photo because you know i didn't i never looked like that in my 20s never mind <laughs> 30 years on but if we, we need to be able to relate to the women that we see in marketing definitely well i was talking to a friend about this because my friend's daughter works for a big um gym brand i won't say which one it is and um she got me some um, clothing using her staff discount because I'd helped her to, when she was applying for the job, I'd helped her with the CV and the interview technique and stuff like that. So she'd got me all this, this gym gear and, and I love to go in the gym and stuff. And I was talking to a mum and she, we were comparing this pair of tracks at bottoms that we'd both got. And uh, I said, they're missing a trick, this company. They're turning over millions they're like one of the fastest growing gym brands in, in the world at the moment. But they've got no over, probably over 30 models. Yeah. You know, and you think, we're, we're, we're buying this stuff. We've got disposable income. You mm. know, why are they not actually putting women out there mm. that are our age wearing this kit? Yeah. Or perhaps it won't look as good as it does on the, on the 18-year-olds. But actually... People, people like me are working out in the gym. Look, okay. all my friends go to a gym. Yeah, yeah. We're the ones buying it. We're the ones with, with the income to, to be able to pay for, for these goods. And so why are we being ignored? It's, it's a really... Yeah. And I think it's changing, but I think it's going to take a while. I mean, it's interesting because you come from, from a very corporate background. How was it being... Um, when you first started your career in, in that industry as a young woman, how, how difficult was it then? Was, it, was, was there an equal representation of men and women? No, no, there wasn't. And, um, you know, 20 years ago when I joined Cisco, I think at the time there was something like 4% of the employees were women. You know, in, in a high-tech environment, um, it's a challenge. I mean, the, those figures have improved over the years the challenge is getting young females to to apply for jobs in what is deemed kind of engineering and yeah. tech because they traditionally don't choose those subjects at school yeah so a lot of work going on around stem stem work at school level to try and encourage more for more females into that space and also when you get into corporate the, there's a kind of challenge around if the top, the board is male. Younger women in the organization look up and can't see their place at the table. Mm. So I used to get involved in, in mentoring early in career females because they couldn't see how to get my job. They didn't know what the path was. They couldn't understand it because the workforce wasn't diverse enough. So I think it's definitely, definitely improving. Um, clearly, you know, it's, it's a different world now. I hope for more diversity in the corporate world. And I think the brands that, that do embrace diversity to its fullest will be the brands that win out in the end because yeah. also the customers want to see 
they want to be able to connect to people within these corporates that they can buy from. Yeah, absolutely. I think that we can say that across the whole society, can't we? That the, the brands that are really are inclusive and diverse are the ones that are going to win the consumers over, definitely moving forward. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. It's been really good fun to do this review. Thank you so much. Last couple of questions. So if you could interview anybody, who would you really like to interview and why? I've actually answered this question on my own podcast. I would really love to... Um, to talk to Amanda Owen, the Yorkshire Shepherdess. Yes, yeah. I, I you know, I stalk her as well. Yeah, and, I do. <laughs> and she's from Huddersfield, which is where I'm from. And she's somebody that went after something and got it and lives her true life. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Uh, yeah, me too. She's definitely on my list as well. And women are notoriously bad at accepting compliments so if you were to pay yourself a compliment Michelle what would it be? Ooh. Oh you've really put me on the spot there but um, everybody struggles with it don't worry. <laughs> um, something around my resilience and and not in just in relation to the year that's just passed that's we're nearing an end to but prior to that as well setting up your own business is is challenging a lot of the time and you've got to be really resilient to see it through and there are, have been times where I've wanted to just pack it in or give the business away even mm-hmm. but I've kept at it and, and I definitely think that is a, a trait or a skill that I've got that yeah. I'm proud of brilliant thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure and i'm looking forward to seeing uh, where your podcast goes next year and i hope you have a uh, a much more positive start to next year and keep thriving with your business so thank you very much for your time Michelle. it's been a pleasure thank you thank you Thank you, Michelle. That was well. I really enjoyed finding out more about Michelle and listening to her story, as well as how the you know the women that she's listened to on the podcast has really helped her connect and think about things more. So, I'm so glad that it's having an impact on people. And have you got a favourite episode? Um, I'd love to hear from you. So let me know, you know, which which one really resonated with you the most. And also, I'd love to know who you would like to interview as well. So I can create a longer list of women that I would really like to have my dream list of guests. So I'm working my way through them. So if you have somebody that you are desperate for me to interview, or you know of somebody that would be great for the podcast, then please leave me a message. You can find me at Rachel at outofthebubblepodcast.com. And you can also via the website out of the bubblepodcast.com so please get in touch I'd love to hear from you and in the meantime I'll be back next week with another review but keep being fabulous well thank you for joining me on the out of the bubble podcast my name is Rachel Peru and it's been an absolute pleasure to share all these women's stories with you throughout the year I've interviewed over 45 women this year and it has been amazing to hear their stories and have the privilege of sharing them with you all so I hope you find lots of inspiration from hearing them and I will be back at the beginning of February with a new series and some more reviews in January so watch this space if you are enjoying the podcast there's lots to go out the 60 episodes now to catch up on over the Christmas period so go to outofthebubblepodcast.com and you can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts and if you're loving listening to the podcast as much as I am producing them please 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 go leave a review Apple Podcast review that would be amazing because your words really do matter. The more reviews I get, the higher up the charts I will become and more women will be able to hear these fantastic stories. 
So I hope you all have a safe and well Christmas and you can manage to catch up with close friends and family and relax. So I'll be back in the new year, but in the meantime, keep being fabulous. <laughs>